0: pittsburgh steeler fans what's going on this is jeff harpin it's time for another let's ride it is wednesday hump day happy hump day everyone we have a ton of stuff to cover in this podcast we have news Mike Tomlin spoke to the media Tuesday. We're going to recap some of that. We're going to talk about a viral tweet I had that was pretty interesting in terms of the responses. DEF CON levels will be updated. We're going to talk about why this is not this, meaning the fan narrative and storylines. This is not about Mitch or Kenny. Come on, people. Open your eyes. We'll explain all that more, obviously, in the second half of this show. We're going to dive headfirst into the mailbag segment. Ryder Diker had a lot of questions, as I thought they would, coming off that 16-14 loss to the Baltimore Ravens in Week 14. So the Steelers, 5-8. and eight, They're looking right now. I, I did these articles on Tuesday for the website. You can go check them out. I, I updated the draft order. So the Steelers currently have the 13th overall selection in the NFL draft with a 5-8 and eight record. That can change based on the result against Carolina. Carolina is just slightly ahead of them. I think they are 11th. We'll see how that goes. The The Chicago Bears were second. I think I said that on Monday's show, but now they're actually third. They were on a bye week. They have Philadelphia coming up. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess they could win. You never know. But still, uh, in case you're curious about that. Now, as the other side of the docket, for those that are still wondering about the Steelers' playoff hopes, they're still alive, barely, hanging by a thread. Well, I'd put it that way but they are on the cusp of being eliminated from playoff contention if they lose a couple more games. Steelers are going to have to win out, in my opinion. Those that ask, like, hey, what's it going to take, they're going to have to win out. They can't lose another game. And when you look at the final four games at Carolina, home against the Raiders, on the road against Baltimore, and at home against Deshaun Watson and the, and the Cleveland Browns, not that it can't be done. It's just a daunting task. It's a daunting task with this football team. This football team is tough to predict in general. All right, let's talk about the injury updates. Everyone, Everyone's curious about what Mike Tomlin was going to say about Kenny Pickett. I, I always flash back to following the week six win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when Mike Tomlin hit the podium on Tuesday and said, hey, Kenny's fine. Kenny's going to practice. Everything we've heard is very positive. And Kenny didn't miss anything. Kenny Pickett was there at practice on Wednesday, worked out all through Thursday and Friday. No setbacks. He played in Sunday Night Football's game on Week 7 against Miami in Miami. This was not that, in case you're curious. Uh, Mike Tomlin talked about following protocols, leaning on the medical experts. If Kenny Pickett was just in the protocol because he might have been experiencing signs or symptoms and maybe didn't have a concussion earlier in the year— Seems like now there is more of a chance that he did have one after the game against the Ravens on Sunday. Mike Tomlin did go into uh, explaining why Kenny Pickett was put back into the game. And what he said mirrors what the actual protocol is. He said that basically the medical experts, they evaluated Kenny Pickett. They said that he's fine. They're going to they're gonna continue to evaluate him. After that second series, when he came off, they said, okay, we got to pull him. Maybe the issue is not with Mike Tomlin or the Steelers medical staff or the independent neurologist that is there on the sidelines every game. Maybe your issue, if you have an issue with what's happened, should be with the protocol in and of itself. Just something to think about. Other than that, Chris Wormley has a knee that's going to require surgery. I don't know what the knee injury was. It hasn't been reported like it's an ACL or anything like that. But the fact that he's having to have surgery – means that you can almost guarantee that he's going to wind up on injured reserve if the Steelers are trying to get William Jackson the third back on the active roster it could be a simple swap he goes back on warmly goes on IR it's just if he's gonna to have to have surgery you put him on the shelf that's just the smart thing to do the only other player that Mike Tomlin listed as a potential injury or as being injured was Pat Friermuth Pat Friermuth was dealing with a foot injury Mike Tomlin said that they're going to manage that throughout the week, but he doesn't foresee it being anything that's of any significance. He said the bumps and bruises associated with football, they have they are going to linger, and sometimes you're going to have players who are going to miss some time. You're thinking about players like T.J. Watt, who's still dealing with a rib injury, Larry Ogunjobi, who's missed from a knee to a groin to a toe. I mean that guy seems like he has a new injury designation every week. So you might see some of those players early in the week, but according to Tomlin, if you trust what he says, he does not foresee them being that that being an issue moving forward. So <laughs> I got to be honest with people, man, it, this is crazy. So I think it was Monday morning. I wake up early. I always go to the gym before work, so I'm at the I'm at the gym like 530 in the morning and it's just because that's what fits our schedule as a family and i'm on twitter and i see the video of kenny pickett getting taken down against the ravens and i also see the video of justin herbert of the chargers getting taken down and then being a flag thrown on a miami dolphins pass rusher on sunday night football and i see these two videos separate tweets and i'm thinking man They're talking about protecting the quarterback. I'm watching this Kenny Pickett play. How in the world is that not – how are you protecting him there? If you're going to call that, how do you not call the Kenny Pickett hit? And so I just took the tweet, the video, and I tweeted the video and said just, quote, protecting the quarterback or something of that nature. And I honestly wasn't expecting to have anything other than my normal tweet response, which is uh, some likes and some comments. And then it goes off and people start sharing it. It's it's just uh, it's really annoying to be honest with you, uh, but boy, Baltimore Raven fans got a hold of it, calling me soft and I don't know ball. That's what they. That's that's like the fun thing to say now. If you don't know this, you don't know ball. Like you don't know ball. Like first off, shut up. Like I never said that I felt that it should have been roughing the passer. I didn't say anything else. All I said was protecting the quarterback. And it comes down to the fact that. It was the hit on Herbert, and then you compare it to the hit on Pickett. That's my issue. My issue is how the rules are actually enforced. So people that are coming at me, and they're Steeler fans that came at me like, oh, you're soft. You're giving us a bad name. I didn't even respond to those people. I mean, there, I th- there were several hundred comments on this tweet. I have no time or interest in responding to everyone. But for all those people that say, you don't know ball and you're soft AF, and all this stupid crap that's on Twitter all the time, understand I was just sharing the video to get it out there, and my thoughts that if they're trying to protect the quarterbacks, sometimes they show it in a really weird way. All right, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Let's talk about some DEFCON levels. In case you're new to the show, DEFCON level one is really bad. If you're DEFCON level one, that's really, really, really bad. If you're DEFCON level five, everything is perfect. No worries. So here we go. You're going to be surprised by some of these DEFCON levels this week. Quarterback goes down one from a four to a three. And that has nothing to do with who was a quarterback. Remember, I'm talking about the entire room. I'm just not confident in the quarterback right now in regards to who it might be. Kenny Pickett, if he misses practice time, I'm not confident in him in that scenario either. If he doesn't play due to his concussion and it's Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph— After Mitch's performance, not confident in that. Mason Rudolph not having taken significant reps since training camp, yeah, not confident in that either. So that's why it goes from a 4 to a 3. Here's what's crazy. Wide receiver, tight end. I actually had this go up two spots to a 5. Now, I do think the Steelers, and I'll talk about this in a second, I do think the Steelers eventually do need to add another wide receiver, whether it's in free agency or the draft, doesn't matter. But, man, I tell you what. I don't have an issue necessarily with the receivers and the tight ends on this team, whether it's yeah, I know Zach Gentry dropped the ball. I know that Deontay Johnson sometimes runs laterally instead of North and South. And those are things that are, might be a little frustrating, but ultimately these guys are not the reasons why the Steelers are struggling. I think they are a bright spot on the offense. They are coming off a good game against a good, and that's. Well, let me take that back. An average Baltimore pass defense, but a good defense overall. George Pickens is a bright spot. If you, yeah, you want to see him get the ball more, but that's not his fault. I thought Deontay Johnson had one of his better games. Connor Hayward's role is continuing to expand. Pat Fryermuth is Pat Fryermuth. He's very reliable. I like this group. Yeah, there are five. I have no concerns. Running backs, four. They stay at a four. I wish the Steelers would have ran the ball more. Talked about that on Monday. Go back and check it out in case you missed it. The offensive line, goes down one to a three. It goes down one to a three, not because they gave up a ton of sacks, but they weren't able to establish the run. I thought if they could have gone out against the Ravens, if they would have stuck to the run, and that's a Matt Canada thing, stick to the run. And then prove that you can still run it on a really good run defense like Baltimore, which I think going into last week they were second overall against the run. Prove that you could run against that team, and man, it would really turn some heads. And they just totally gave up on it. Not the offensive line's fault, but when they did try to run it, they didn't do it as well as they had prior to that, and so that's why they go down one. Let's go to defense. The defensive backs are a four. They stay a four, and the reason for that is simple. They didn't get used that much, and they weren't tested that much, so it stays the same. Outside linebacker was a three, and it stays at a three. I still hate the depth. They just can't get anything there, and with T.J. Watt hurt, this is a very mundane unit. Inside linebacker goes down one to a two. It, every week, it seems like another inside linebacker Gets exposed, or the group in and of itself gets exposed. I'm sick and tired of talking about Spillane, Bush, and then even Miles Jack, which is he's coming off the field a ton. I'm not sure what's going on there. I try to remind people, I know Jeffrey Benedict talked about this on his Cutting Room Floor podcast on Tuesday morning that Miles Jack, you know, they're, they're trying to protect him from coverage. Let's also not forget that this guy's battling a knee injury that a couple weeks ago they said we're not even going to play him unless we absolutely have to. That could still be lingering. Keep that in mind. But that inside linebacker goes down to a two. It goes to a two. That's the wrong way. Lastly, the defensive line also goes down to a two. I, you know, whether you're talking about Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward, Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal, it's just not good enough. Just not good enough. I, I'm, I'm sorry. People might hate that, but it's just not good enough, and Cam Hayward wasn't even good enough in this last game against the Ravens. Special teams goes down two notches to a two. Blocked field goal, horrible punting. We'll talk about that. I know there's some questions about that in the second half in the mailbag, so we'll get to all that. But that goes down to a two. Really bad. Really, really bad. All right. The title of this podcast is Steeler fans like this isn't about Kenny and Mitch. It really isn't. I, I can't stand it. You know, I I have to remind myself, and I'm taking this upon myself to say to you, the listener. That this is still a rebuild. I get caught up in like win now mode. I still want the team to win, but I get caught up in you know the playoff picture, and I, I have to remind myself, like smack myself in the head. Hey Jeff, remember what you said, you idiot. Two to three years, and this is year one. I have to remind myself about that. But this is so much more than the quarterback. And when you go into that tweet that I said went viral. For me, at least, and all those comments about the quarterbacks and stuff like that, I can't. Fans want to focus on that position. I get it. I do because it's a very important position. I think it's the most important position in all of team sports, the quarterback of an NFL team. But there, there are so many more issues with this organization that are not based on Kenny or Mitch. Throw Mason in there. Who cares? I don't care. Kenny, Mitch, Mason, whatever. There's so many more issues than just that this to me the quarterback discussion reminds me of what we see in politics right now i am the most i am the least political person you'll ever meet in your life and i can't stand the two-party system it's just it's annoying it's really annoying because here's what will happen in case you haven't noticed in politics they'll say oh look over here look what's going on over here and on the at, at the same time what's going on, on the other side of the spectrum Is just some really nasty stuff that no one would ever want to talk about and no one wants to see. But they're distracting you over here. I feel like that's what the Steelers are doing right now. Maybe not intentionally, but they're like, hey, look at the quarterback over here. And the media is doing it too. Local media as well. You know, you've got some blowhards doing podcasts talking about how Kenny Pickett wouldn't have won the game. Who cares? You talk about Kenny Pickett, you talk about Mitch Trubisky, I do it as much as anyone else, but that talk right now is doing nothing but distracting from the bigger issues on this, in this team, in this organization, on the roster. So don't fall into the political you know, realm of saying, oh, I'm going to focus on this light, like bright shiny thing over here, when way over here in the dark recesses is some really dirty stuff that's really, really bad. And that's what I'm going to try to shine a light on during this podcast today. So... Everyone wants to talk about the quarterback, but when you look at these team issues, there are many. And I should have changed that in my show notes to not say team issues, organizational issues. So I'm going to start at the top. I'm going to start at the top, and I'm going to work my way down. I'm going to start with the front office. Now, I'm going to say this first and foremost, and I started here for a reason. There's a new GM, new personnel department I'm not going to be able to say anything about them until I see if anything changes. So with Omar Khan as the GM, Andy Weedle as the player personnel guy, I need to see them go through an offseason. We've seen some contracts been handed out, whether it's Mika Fitzpatrick, Chris Boswell, Deontay Johnson, you've seen them, Okay. The free agents and all that stuff from last year, they, they were all Kevin Colbert. I think Larry Ogunjobi was a Kevin Kahn, or Omar Kahn, Kevin Con, Omar Kahn edition. I want to see what they do with their own free agency. I want to see what they do in the draft. I can't judge them until I see it. So anyone that wants to think, it's just the same old Steelers, you know? Not necessarily when it comes to the player personnel part of this whole mess, but in other words, I'm willing to give this new regime a chance to prove that they are different, that it's not the same old Steelers. Now, when you look at the coaching staff, I'm going to tell you, I, my, my boss at my other job comes down into my office on Tuesday, and he wants to talk football. He's a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and he comes down, and he wants to talk about the Steelers, though. He said, man, you can't you, you all can't get rid of Mike Tomlin. And I said, well, there's a lot of people that would love to get rid of Mike Tomlin. He said, are you one of them? And I said, I'm not naive enough to think that that's even a possibility. I said, Mike Tomlin's going to stay until he doesn't want to be there anymore. I don't think he'd ever get fired. Whether whether I think that's going to be good or bad is indifferent. I just think that's how the Steelers will play their cards when it comes to this coach. And he said, okay, but well, do you, are you happy with the coach? And I said, I'm not unhappy with Mike Tomlin. I said, what I'm unhappy with is the coaching staff. He And he wanted to, me to elaborate, and this is what I'm going to talk about. Because what you see is what you get with the Steelers almost repeatedly with their coaching staff. And when you think about offensive coordinators that have gone through, it's kind of like this revolving door. You know, barring anything drastic happening, we're talking about Mike Tomlin retiring or choosing to go to television. I I can't see anything changing. You talk about the, the offensive coordinators that have been there since Mike Tomlin has been the coach. You're talking Bruce Arians. Todd Haley, uh, you had Randy Feetner. After Feetner, you had, obviously, Matt Canada takes over. It's this constant, we're not sure, this isn't good enough. And people talk about the coaching tree. I'm not talking about the coaching tree. I'm not talking about a, a coach that's good enough that wants to be poached by someone else to be a head coach. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone that's capable of getting the job done and having some staying power at that position, and they haven't had that. And then you look at the the defense. He Dick LeBeau for a long time, then Keith Butler's there forever. It's kind of like a mixed bag of goods, though, on the defensive side of the football. What's going to need to change is they're going to have to change something within the coaching staff to make significant improvement. And if not, you want to talk about same old Steelers, that's what you'll get. If they bring back Matt Canada again, if Terrell Austin continues to be the guy and Brian Flores is just kind of another figure in the background, and maybe he's not even that guy, then it's going to be the same old Steelers. And When you talk about offense and defense, we're talking about roster uh, development here. On offense, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I don't see the gaping holes that I see on defense. On offense, it's the left side of the O-line. Guard, tackle, issues, both. Could Dan Moore develop? Sure, maybe. Do you want to wait and see? Do you really want to take a wait-and-see approach and see if maybe, just maybe, a fourth-round pick could turn into uh, an all-pro? No, because we would have seen it by now, don't you think? But still, Kevin Dotson, you know, he's going into his fourth year next year in his rookie contract. Is he the guy? Is he someone that you predict will be a second contract player with the Steelers? Is he that type of player? I don't see it, but maybe they do. Nonetheless, other than adding another wide receiver, I'm pretty pleased with the offense at this stage. They need to add another receiver. I like their tight end group. I like their offensive line on the right side. I'm okay with Mason Cole still being the center. Uh, and and I, I like that group. I do. I really do. Now, on defense, that's, that's different. Defense, the defensive line is aging. The inside linebackers are bad. There's no outside linebacker depth. The cornerbacks are, are average at best. There's no cornerback one in that group. There's tons of questions at safety considering you have Minka Fitzpatrick and then who will be back next year? Edmonds, KZ, the only one that's guaranteed is Trey Norwood. Even Miles Killebrew is not guaranteed to be back even though he's listed as a linebacker. It's a mess. It is a freaking mess on the defensive side of the football and that's going to be a large question for this team moving forward. I'm going to dive into that more in depth later on and you know, we we'll get to the offseason and stuff, but I'll tell you this. Don't be so stupid and naive as a Steeler fan that you fall for that, hey, let's argue about Kenny and Mitch when you aren't seeing all the other crap that's going on on the other side of the spectrum, okay? Don't fall for it. The quarterback is not not the most important issue with this team right now. Is it an issue? Sure. Is it the most important? Absolutely not. This is not all about Kenny or Mitch. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully I get through to you. We shall see. Let me know what you think. In the meantime, be back in the second half talking about the mailbag. All right, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Fans, it is wednesday it's the second half it is time for the mailbag that is right a lot of people a lot of people had a lot of questions understandably so and we're gonna get through these and some of these are kind of repeats so bear with me here but let's start off with keith mccray He's a coach tomlin in his press conference said in totality of the game the quote 17 yard punt was low hanging fruit end quote Are you kidding me? How can you expect to get better when you refuse to make changes to personnel? He said, if my other question is too long, why, oh, why is Pickens on the sideline at a critical moment of the game and Gunnar Olszewski is on the field? So the first question, I think when Mike Tomlin was talking about the issues with special teams, I think he meant to say what he wanted to say and what I hope most people heard this or read this meant is that essentially the 17-yard punt by Presley Harvin Everyone's going to point to that and say that's awful. I said it. So many other people said it. We said it in the written word on the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Everyone said it. I think he's just saying like that's an easy target. He also mentioned how there was a touchback when there just couldn't be a touchback. Uh, And so, yeah, it's bad. But personnel changes, I don't think having those happen in the middle of the season is necessarily the best way to go about it. As for the Pickens thing, again, that, that comes down to they like Gunnar Olszewski blocking in certain situations. They want to use him with jet sweeps and stuff. I, I don't get it either. That's a Matt Canada thing, and so who knows? We shall see. Zach Brotsky says, there is a large push for Rudolph to get the start this weekend if Kenny Pickett can't go. I am far from a Mason Rudolph supporter, but based off of Trubisky's majorly poor performances, I think Rudolph at least could play better than him. If Kenny can't go, who would you prefer and why? So I didn't talk about this earlier because I knew I was going to get asked about it. So here's the first thing. I honestly always think about the future. And especially at 5-8, and you have to wonder, okay, what's the benefit here? So let's say the Steelers can't get, they don't have Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's not available. Mason Rudolph after this year is a free agent. So unless the Steelers say, hey, I want to do this guy a solid, and I want to let him put out some tape, see who wants him next year, the Steelers aren't going to get him back. There's no way he wants to stay in Pittsburgh, not after this past year. So with that being said, I would think that Trubisky's going to get the, the nod, and Mason Rudolph will be the number two. If Trubisky goes out and throws the ball to the other team as frequently as he did last Sunday, maybe they make a change. But I would still think that they're like, hey, we got Mitch coming back next year. Let's give him as many reps as we can if if we have to. Mason is not going to be here. Looking at the future, maybe it'll pay dividends. I don't know. MDivs24 asked several questions. He said, are we drafting Johnny Moxon or Shane Falco next year? I like Moxon's accuracy, but Falco has done some good things at a higher level. I'm going to have to go with the proven veteran Shane Falco, even though I hate that movie, The Replacements. And Johnny Moxon... I James Vanderbeek was just never believable <laughs> for me. Uh the the Lance Harbor was actually believable, but not Johnny Mox. So I'll go with Shane Falco. Uh the next question from M Dibs24. I know you're raising five kids. I'm trying my best at least. Could any of them help with run stopping? Uh no. No, I had no. I no, no, none of them could. Just so you know, we keep a blanket. Blanket? No. M Dibs 24, last one. He said, Do you think. If the Steelers have Trubisky glasses a la Wild Thing Ricky Vaughn, he would turn into a legend. So he's referring to Major League. Remember that, you know, there's the the famous scene when Ricky Vaughn is in Lou Brown's office, and Lou Brown says, you know, take Nolan up there. He's talking about Nolan Ryan. And uh, he goes, what, he's squinting. And They realize he can't see. Maybe that's the problem with Miss Trubisky. I don't know. All right, Tender Cat asked several questions. Jeff. I believe Mike Tomlin has to go. My reasoning is you had the killer bees and a high scoring offense and a pretty decent defense those years. And they completely blew it. How can anyone, any one person believe they will be a super bowl contender with the team they have now. I would also like to add, I'm not saying it's hundred percent Tomlin's fault or that we need to be 15 and two every season, but who takes the blame art the second or not being able to develop good players. I mean, we as Steeler fans are chomping at the bit to find the root of the problem. I think hopefully the first half of this helped with that. There are roster deficiencies, and we have to remind ourselves that this is a rebuilding team and it's a rebuilding process. Two to three years, this is year one. I'm sticking by that. And if Mike Tomlin's a part of that, great. If he's not, that's fine too. I still think regardless of who the head coach is, it's a two- to three-year process. That's just what I think. I understand people's frustration. Tendercats, third question. Trubisky or Rudolph, if Pickett can't play this week and why? I already said that. I'm going to go with Trubisky because he has a future with the team at least for one year. All Haskins right, QB HaskinsQB1. Hey, Jeff, is it time for the Steelers to just retire Renegade? Because it's embarrassing watching teams dancing and making fun of the song. And did the song lose its touch, it's not working like it used to. I think on Sunday, they played Renegade after a blocked field goal. I it could be wrong. I'm pretty sure I heard Dave Schofield say that in the postgame show. That's on that that is literally a situation where the person that's in charge of that, they were probably waiting for a moment. You don't want that to be the moment. The Baltimore Ravens are hyped. They just blocked a field goal. They are ready. This isn't a situation where the Steelers just scored and it's like, "Okay, now we got a now we have a lead. Now we had a turnover." Something like that. I thought that was bad placement. I don't think you have to change anything. The division rivals are not going to be affected as much by Renegade as someone that's not used to it. So think about the Raiders coming into town next. They won't be as used to Renegade just like uh, who was it the last team I think it was the Saints they weren't ready for renegade either good question though a lot of people don't like the song anymore it is what it is Nathan Vance like hey Jeff if Kenny isn't set to go this weekend who would you start Mitch or Mason again I'm gonna go with Mitch Evan Savage I love I would I would have loved to make the playoffs duh but I'm enjoying seeing a team in development for the first time since 1999 in your view what three positions that could be addressed in the offseason would speed up the development the most? Either trenches. So we're talking left tackle, defensive tackle, nose tackle. You give me those three. Okay. You have a left tackle, defensive lineman, and a nose tackle that can really stop the run. Give me those three. Or if you don't want to have the two on the defensive line, give me an inside linebacker that is big and has the range. Think about like a Devin White type down in Tampa Bay that could really speed up the development of this team in a lot of ways. Good question. Caleb Guy, hey Jeff, any logical reason why the defense continues to play off coverage when they have opponents backed up inside the 10-yard line? Gives a backup quarterback an easy 7-yard out route. Just thought they'd play more press in an advantageous position. Common theme, I feel like. This is That was a scenario where you would think Anthony Brown, whoever the hell Anthony Brown is, is in the game, the dude's never played in an NFL game before. You're saying, hey, if you're going to beat us, it's going to be press man coverage. We're going to stop the run, and we're going to put guys on an island. The only reason you wouldn't is if Deshaun Jackson scares you. And maybe it was. Maybe that's exactly what happened. They don't trust their cornerbacks. And if that's, if that's fact, it says a lot about your cornerbacks. Eric ask you, Ask what was the biggest Clark Griswold moment you've had during the holiday season? This holiday season? Oh, uh, man. I do love exterior illumination. And if you know the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And there have been moments where, I let's just put it this way. You put the lights up, and then there's a section of lights that are out, and it's just so infuriating. It happened to me. Thankfully, it was not the roof lights. They were lights that were on the ground, but I still had to replace them. I go to Lowe's, I buy replacement lights. They're supposed to be the same color. I put them up. Actually, my daughter, my oldest daughter puts them up. And when I come home, we turn them on and I'm looking at them with my daughter in the front yard. I said, those are not the same color. Those aren't the same color. And she said, what are you going to do? I said, what do you think I'm going to do? She goes, you're going to take him back. I took him back, had to go get other ones. Finally, we got it fixed. That's my Clark Griswold moment of this year. That happened this year. And then Eric also asked, do you think big press's job is at risk going into the off season? If he doesn't start finding some consistency, then yes. Yes, I do think he is at at risk. Eric asked, Thank you for doing this, Mr. Hartman. Love the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Who, in your opinion, will be the Steelers' backup quarterback next season? Next season is Mitch Trubisky. Who's after him? Well, that's another question. I don't know. I have no clue. So they'll probably just pick up a journeyman, I would imagine. Bartholomew Grapp says, Hey, Jeff, do you think the Steelers can finish 3-0 and and finish the season 9-8? and All three teams left have great rushing attacks, and we can't stop them, and I'm afraid we'll end up 0-3 instead of 3-0. Now, first, Bartholomew, there's four games left. Remember, at Carolina, home against the Raiders, at the Ravens, and then home against the Browns. Four games. Do I think they can go 4-0? Sure, they could go 4-0. Do I predict them to go 4-0? Well, I always pick the Steelers to win, so yes. But in my heart of hearts, do I think they will? No, I don't think they will. If I were to guess, and this is going to suck, I think it's 3-1. and one. <laughs> I think it's 3-1. and one. Brian Haynes only asked one. He said, do you have any confidence in the quarterback room outside of Pickett? And then, of course, Believers chimes in as a hater of all haters. He said, do you have confidence in Pickett? Okay, let me just say this. I do have confidence in Mitch Trubisky. He, he showed some serious promise in that game on Sunday. But some of the mistakes, you just can't. I'm going to say what Jeffrey Benedict said on his show on Tuesday morning. He said, excusing those interceptions is like excusing Neil O'Donnell in Super Bowl 30. And if you're not old enough, go back and watch highlights of Super Bowl 30, 1995, Steelers, Cowboys. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And you'll know that you cannot excuse those picks. And that's why you can't excuse Mitch's picks, but he did show some promise. So yeah, I do have some confidence. Anton Char. He said so plenty have asked Mitch or Mason already. I've always liked, not loved ridiculously, but liked Mason. So he's get he gets my vote. But it isn't a vote. It's a top-down decision by Tomlin. Up until this point, coach T has always thrown confidence all the way behind whomever. Mitch in the preseason, Pickett once he took over. Today it seemed like he admitted that Mitch and Mason were splitting reps in practice. Isn't that a telling sign that if Pickett can't go, Mason is getting the start? Like, if confidence was in Mitch, why take reps away? But if you already know he's not the guy, and you just want to make sure he's not rusty coming off the bench in another emergency, it makes sense to split reps. Well, you're right, Anton. You're right. There was no question in there, but you're right. Um, I, I will also add this. Don't think that for a second, Mike Tomlin isn't keeping the Panthers on their toes. And you're probably thinking it's the Panthers, but no, you're trying to win, and you're going to use every competitive advantage you can. And so if he doesn't, he doesn't have to announce a starter on Tuesday. He doesn't have to announce a starter until Sunday, if he wants. Now it'll probably come out as someone will say, "Well, yeah, Mitch has been taking all the steps or something like that." But still, he's probably just keeping the cards close to the vest. That's my take, at least. Hinesfield Forever said, You have to choose either one, Harvin or Barry. Oh, my gosh. Right now, they're both inconsistent. Look, my hatred for Jordan Barry stemmed from just his pure inconsistency. The Shanks. Presley Harvin has the same problem. I'm taking neither. Yeah, that's right. I'm taking neither. Ed Cunningham said, You were my number one Spotify podcast in 2022. Thank you. He said, Love my Steelers, but should Brian Flores make the losers list? Bush and Jack. Uh, they they catch blocks instead of shedding them, hence the poor run defense. I, I don't know about blaming Coach Flores for a lack of talent at his position group. I don't think Devin Bush is going to be back next year. Miles Jack will be. Robert Spillane probably will be. They need to add a young, talented inside linebacker probably in the draft. That's just what they have to do. So I'm not going to criticize the coach so much unless they have some actual – skill and talent at the position and they're not using it last question by nick hey jeff i know when games like this happen the fan base looks to blame the coach no matter how it unfolded having said that i do feel it was a total coaching failure i've liked coach t for years but feel like he might be losing his grip this year thoughts so i i I said it the first half of the show and i'll say it again i think mike tomlin is the coach until he decides he's done Just like I thought Bill Cowher was the coach until Bill Cowher said, I'm retiring. And he did after 2006. So with this, unless Mike Tomlin says, look, I don't know. (sighs) Let's say it's uh, Fox. They're they're giving me $8 million a year. I'm going to step aside and I'm going to go do games on Fox. And if that's the case, then maybe you'll see some change. But I don't see change happening. What I hope to see is change with the coaching staff preferably on offense, but maybe even on defense if it's just not working out. We'll see. I understand the frustration. I really do. All right, great mailbag questions. Thank you all for participating. I really do appreciate it. I'm going to be back on Friday. We're going to have NFL game picks, my parlays, which I'm trying my best. Gosh, they suck. We're going to have all that for you. Keys to victory, you name it. Friday's a big show. Make sure you're on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here, folks. Be safe. Be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Good to see you. Burning all till the morning light. My never off. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.